Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. So you have an advocate. You have somebody who stands in front of you. His name is Jesus. You don't have to worry about it. He took all of the wrath on himself on the cross. So you don't have to worry about that. God's not going to get you, so to speak. Don't be dumb. Don't like tempt him or anything. Don't do anything foolish. But we don't, we don't walk in fear. You don't walk in fear of God. He's a loving God. He's a loving God. Do you feel lost and alone in the world? Do you feel like nobody's on your side and the weight of your problems is just too much to bear? Well, in today's message, Pastor James talks about how God is on our side. He's not only on your side, but he is your advocate. He's there to fight for you, to protect you, and to make sure you get what you need. You don't have to be afraid of him because he's not out to get you. He loves you and he wants to be there for you every step of the way. Now, here's Pastor James in the book of Numbers, chapter 1, with today's edition of Bread for the Broken. We need bread for the broken, give some bread to the broken. We need hope for the hopeless, give some hope to the hopeless, hopeless. Bread for the broken, broken. Numbers, this is a... a, a a fascinating book. And I'm going to tell you right now that this book ate my lunch today. It ruined me today. I'm like thinking, I'm just going to go casual stroll through numbers, you know, no big deal. And then I start cross-referencing and then I'm like, Lord, what are you doing to me? This book is, uh, it really is, it's a, I've been telling you guys this, you know, for a couple of weeks now, when I told you we we're going to go to numbers, this book is amazing. It's an amazing book. And it's very uh, apropos that we're going through this book now. Okay, because the book of Numbers is all about obedience and disobedience. And do you want to experience the Lord's blessings or do you not? Because that's kind of up to you. It's really up to you. And this isn't like a performance thing or nothing like that, but it is a do you honor God with your life kind of thing. And if you choose not to, then he doesn't have to bless you. He doesn't have to. (laughs) So we don't like that. Especially as, you know, coddled Americans, you know, Westerners, where we think like we deserve everything. That's not how it works. That's not how it works in the Lord's kingdom. And then there's this thing called grace where he does bless us when we don't deserve it. And you're like, what in the world? Like, yeah, (laughs) you know, so it's numbers is like all of that in one book. And unfortunately, like those guys said on the video, it's been given the title numbers, which if you're like not a numbers person, you're probably not drawn to the book of numbers, which is unfortunate because it shouldn't be called numbers. Okay, it should be called the book of the wilderness, really, is kind of what it should be called, or they said the Hebrew word, which I can't say, um, but that's fine. So book, the book of Numbers picks up right where we, we had left off. We went through the book of Leviticus because, again, you know, you guys took a vote and you're like, Leviticus is our favorite book ever, and then Numbers is right behind that one. So I was like, okay, no, you never did. <laughs> and, and even if I did ask, those probably wouldn't be at the top of the list, but we, we went through Genesis a while ago, then we went through Exodus, then we went through Leviticus. Numbers picks up right where Leviticus ends off, essentially. So just so you understand context-wise, they are at the, the base, the video did all my work for me, but I'm going to recap it anyways, at the base of Mount Sinai, okay? Um, and they are, they are getting ready to take this, what should have been a short two-week journey into the promised land. 
Okay, but then they got detoured for 38 years, because two years, we're two years into the story from Exodus, okay, from Egypt. So it takes them 38 years, which is enough time for that generation that is disobedient to die off and not make it into the promised land. God's going to take them on a very long road trip and teaching them an abundance of lessons, but he's not just teaching them an abundance of lessons, he's teaching us an abundance of lessons. So as we go through the book of Numbers, and you're here for every single Thursday with pen and paper and all that good stuff, I know, it's cool, I know you will be, no, if you can't, that's fine. But you'll see that this, this, the stories from the book of Numbers are referenced in the New Testament, specifically 1 Corinthians, then in Hebrews, and that's what wrecked me today, was going through those. And I'm like, I don't know where to put this in my head or my heart. I'm like, I'm just like wrestling with major theological things all day today. But at the end of it, and just studying some, and we'll cross-reference some stuff, probably not tonight, but this, this book of Numbers is so, like I said, apropos to our day. We're on this, we're on this, this journey, okay? This is not heaven, right? It's not even close to heaven, all right? So this, this world is not our home. We're fighting battles in this, you know, in this, this land in which we, you know, time and space in which we occupy and all that good stuff. Even the promised land, the promised land in this book, it's not, it wasn't heaven because you're not fighting giants in heaven, right? You're not fighting battles in heaven, okay? But we can identify with where these guys are at because what we're seeing in the church, especially nowadays, you have a lot of people that just aren't that willing to go all in for the Lord. They're just not. They're not. But we start with numbers. And I, look, I'm, I was going to go through a, do a different Bible translation for the numbers and all that stuff, but I am not. I am praise God for the New Living Translation because oh, if you don't have this one for, specifically for the book of numbers, I mean, you can't see mine, but it just simplified all the names and numbers for me. It's just, it's amazing. So for me, this is going to help out. I'm not going to probably read through all these names because I can't pronounce them. All right, there you go. So if I did try, it would just give you some ammunition to, uh, to laugh at me. That's fine. But there's two number numberings or censuses that are going to take place within this book that we'll see throughout this journey. The first happens in chapter one. And what, what I want to draw your attention to, at least initially, is so chapter one has it, and then chapter 26 and chapter 27 the numbers that they take for the military men, men who are of age to fight, are almost identical. Plus or minus about 1,500 or so, right? So what that's going to tell us, and this is at the start of the book and then towards the end of the book. And throughout that, like they were saying on the video, you have a lot of like disobedience and not trusting God. And in the midst of disobedience and not trusting God, guess what doesn't happen? Growth. Growth does not happen. Not at all. In fact, they lost. At the end, there's less. There should have been a whole lot more. You're talking 38 years. From the start of the journey to the end of the journey, lined up right there at the Jordan River, getting ready to go into the promised land. And they have less warriors than when they started. There should have been growth. But growth doesn't happen if obedience isn't there. It's just not. It just can't happen. So this numbers is going to be this for us. I'm going to use some, a Warren Wearsby commentary just to kind of help me out here a little bit with some of this context. But what Warren has quoted, he quoted somebody else, so I don't know who the original guy was, but the book of Numbers is like the longest funeral march ever. 38 years. 
People just waiting to die. Waiting to die. The sad thing about it is, <clears throat> at no point in time in those 38 years that we know of, did anybody come to their senses and say, you know what? I'm wrong. God, you're right. So I'm sorry. I'm going to repent. Because that promised land thing, I kind of want that. But the problem with these guys is, number one, they, they didn't trust God at all. And so if you don't trust him, you're probably not going to take him at his word. And if he tells you you're so disobedient, you're not going to make it into the promised land, they probably didn't even believe him when he said that. No, 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 no. He always comes through for us. He'll, he'll, when it comes time for it, he'll let us in because we're his people. So he'll let us in. And then they get there and he's like, you're dead. You're dead. Even Moses. Moses didn't get to go in. Moses. Like, top dude. Like, you got Abraham and you have Moses. Moses didn't get to go into the promised land. This is, again, why we're saying the promised land is not really heaven. Because I'll tell you this, Moses is in heaven, okay? But he didn't get to go into the promised land. Why? Because he didn't honor the Lord. He wasn't obedient to God. It was just one story. Yeah. Moses, you're the leader, though. <laughs> Anybody want a leadership position? Yeah. Yeah, learn from Moses. It's not, the, it's not a position to be desired at all, unless you're called to it. Unless you're called to it. You're held to a higher accountability. That's just how it is. So you got Moses, just, just so we understand, they're, they're all set up. They got the, the tabernacle has been built. It's been constructed. Moses has delegated out responsibilities to individuals who are gifted to do certain things. And so they essentially have everything they need to begin the journey. But before that, they are going to have a census. So chapter 1, verse 1 of Numbers says this, a year after Israel's departure from Egypt. So yes, at this point, it is, we're just a year into this. Time will lapse so before we get into the wandering. The Lord spoke to Moses in the tabernacle in the wilderness of Sinai. On the first day of the second month of that year, he said, from the whole community of Israel, record the names of all the warriors by their clans and families. List all the men, 20 years old and older, who are able to go to war. You and Aaron must register the troops, and you will be assisted by one family leader from each tribe. Praise God for that, because there are a lot of people living in Israel that are part of this nation, okay? So here's God, in his brilliance, says, okay, Moses, you and Aaron, you need to count all your military men. And then you're going to have the heads of the tribes assist you in that, but we need a number. So here goes, here goes the next one. You got Reuben, the leader is Eleazar, son of Shadur. Like I said, I'm not going to name all these names, but you got the 12 tribes represented. Reuben, Simeon, Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, Ephraim, son of Joseph, Manasseh, son of Joseph, Benjamin, Dan, Asher, Gad, and Naphtali, okay? And then their, their leaders, I'll just show me, show me, well, I don't know how to say that. I think he's on the chosen or something. Uh, Nashon, Nathaniel, or Nathaniel, sorry, Elab, Elashama, that's a fun one. Uh, Gamaliel, Abaddon, Ahizer, I don't know. I, these guys might be in heaven. They may not be, I don't know. They can, they'll talk to me when I get there, I'm sure. I'll <laughs> be like, okay. Let's sit down. We got all eternity for you to know how to learn how to say our names. Eli, Asaph, and then Ahira, and Pagiel was one of those two. So there, that's the tribes, that's the leaders. There you go. Okay, that's 6 through 15. Bada bing, bada boom. Love the New Living Translation. Okay, there you go. Um, verse 16. 
These are the chosen leaders of the community, the leaders of their ancestral tribes, the heads of the clans of Israel. So Moses and Aaron called together these chosen leaders, and they assembled the whole community of Israel on that very day. All the people who were registered according to their ancestry by their clans and families, the men of Israel who were 20 years or older, okay, the warriors, were listed one by one, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. So Moses recorded their names in the wilderness of Sinai. This is the number of men 20 years or older who were able to go to war as their names were listed in the records of their clans and their families. Woof, that's a lot. So you got Reuben. Reuben has 46,500 warriors. Simeon, 59,300. Gad, 45,650. Judah, 74,600, the biggest. Issachar, 54,400. Zebulun, 57,400. Ephraim, 40,500. Manasseh, 32,200. Benjamin, 35,400. Dan, 62,700. Asher, 41,500, and then Naphtali is 53,400. Again, thank you, New New Living Translation, for (laughs) just giving me a little chart I could read. Thank you. Anyway, so that's the numbers. So they had to go through and count off all these guys on that day. I don't know about you, but I don't like counting that much, okay? The count was not my favorite puppet on Sesame Street. Uh, It was kind of cool, you know, vampire. That was kind of fun, but... uh, yeah, this would, he would have, this would have been heaven for him, right? He's like, let me count them. Uh, it's what I do, okay? But they had to count all these guys and then record them. So they had a record. And it says, these men were re- registered by Moses and Aaron and the 12 leaders of Israel, all listed according to their ancestral descent. They were registered by families, all the men of Israel who were 20 years and older or above and able to go to war. Total number was 603,550 warriors, Okay. So we got our total. That's a big army. That's, that's, that's a sizable army. This tells us that there is a million plus individuals in all of Israel. Way more. And this is, yeah, and you want to be a leader of those guys? You want to be a leader of a whole nation? <laughs> yeah, have some compassion for Moses, all right? Not that you don't, but you know what I'm saying. And he's got to deal with Aaron and then, you know, all this fun stuff. Halfway through numbers, or a little more than halfway through numbers, everybody's going to turn on Moses. Even his brother and sister are going to have issues with him. It's hard being in charge sometimes, okay? So anyways, verse 47. Can you believe that we're already 47 verses into this deal? Goodness. Again, New Living Translation. That's all I'm saying. They simplify it. But this total did not include the Levites, right? So if we're going through that list and you're like, wait a minute, what about the tribe of Levi? They're priests, not warriors, Okay. So, but we got to count these guys. So for the Lord said to Moses, do not include the tribe of Levi in the registration. Do not count them with the rest of the Israelites. Put the Levites in charge of the tabernacle of the covenant, along with all its furnishings and equipment. They must carry the tabernacle and all its furnishings as you travel. And they must take care of it and camp around it. Whenever it is time for the tabernacle to move, the Levites will take it down. When it's time to stop, they will set it up again. But any unauthorized person who, does, who goes too near the tabernacle, too close to it, <clears throat> must be put to death. Wow. It's, I think the Lord takes his presence pretty seriously. Pretty seriously. It's kind of a big deal, right? Like, don't mess with holy stuff. Yeah, if you don't, you're not part of Levites, don't, don't mess with the tabernacle. He, t- he took that very seriously. We know that Aaron... 
Aaron learned that the hard way by losing two of his sons who tried to offer strange fire as an offering. And God took him out. He took him out. But he's like, no, if you're not in the tribe of Levi, you don't get to come too close, right? But these guys, gotta, they got to break down the tent, move it, carry it, all that good stuff, then set it all up, take it down, set it up, take it down. They were probably really hoping for that two-week journey, you know? They probably were the group that was most excited about, oh, only two weeks? Sweet. We only got to tear this thing down. Have you ever been camping and you have to set up a tent, right? This is a tabernacle. This is major. This is huge. And if you do it wrong, you're like, I don't know, God might kill me, right? He might take me out if I'm, yeah, it's holy. It's very serious. And they had to do this multiple times, but that was only for the Levites to do. They, they, they couldn't be concerned with fighting the enemy, so to speak, the battles. They couldn't be too concerned with going out, what, in one sense, serving tables, because they had a responsibility, another responsibility to do. So, and it's cool how the Lord sets this up where, um, you know, what was kind of pictured somewhat in, in the Old Testament, we see made a, a principle within the New Testament. We saw it in the book of Acts, right? The, the apostles are like, we can't serve tables. We, we got to devote ourselves to, to the word and to prayer. And well, we'll look, there's a body. And now that everybody's going to be a warrior and not everybody can be a Levite, and so God, and wherever you're born or however you're born with whatever giftings and all that stuff, that's because God put that in you and he wanted you to use those things specifically for these things. So if you're a warrior, don't get jealous of the Levites. And if you're a Levite, don't get jealous of the warriors. These guys were born into the tribes that they were born into because God wanted them to be there. So there's, a, there's a, little, a little application point there for, for each and every one of us. Don't be envious of somebody else's ministry. If God hasn't placed you there, it's not your business. You find out where he's calling you to or what to do. And then you be the best at that that you can possibly be. So you got your Levites. They have these rules and all this good stuff as far as setting up, tearing down, setting up, and all that fun stuff. Verse 52, each tribe of Israel will camp in a designated area with its own family banner, but the Levites will camp around the tabernacle of the covenant to protect the community of Israel from the Lord's anger, right? So you got the military guys kind of protecting the tabernacle and the Levites from outside, external, but you have the Levites who are surrounding the tabernacle protecting the people from like, from the Lord, that's, that's pretty amazing. That's, that's, that's a fascinating thing. Again, uh, look, I don't want you, you don't need to go too crazy with application here of like, oh man, I, you know, I should probably stick close to James because he might be that, you know, that, that shield between me and God. No, 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 that's not how it works, okay? That is not how it works at all. And you don't want me to be that because look, I'll get taken out before you do, okay? And then that's, you, know, you have an advocate. You have somebody who stands in front of you his name is Jesus. You don't have to worry about it. He took all of the wrath on himself on the cross. So you don't have to worry about that. God's not going to get you, so to speak. Don't be dumb. Don't like tempt him or anything. Don't do anything foolish. But we don't, we don't walk in fear. You don't walk in fear of God. He's a loving God. He's a loving God. And if you're covered by his son's blood, you have nothing to be afraid of. You should be reverent, fearful in that element towards him, but you should not be afraid of him, okay? 
This is how God just chose to set it up. And if you saw in the video, they, they illustrated that really well with the, you know, the, the different camps. And we'll see that in a second. But the image that that portrays is a cross. I don't know if you saw that within the video, but how you have the, you know, two tribes here, two tribes here, and then three tribes here at the bottom. And it, it just it, it illustrates an actual cross kind of setup. But they're around there protecting the Levites who are responsible to stand guard around the tabernacle. Verse 54, so the Israelites did everything just as the Lord had commanded Moses. A good start, really good start, but it's not how you start, it's how you finish. It's not how you start, it's how you finish. Okay, that's, that's it, Christianity. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. This is a deal of endurance. This is a thing of patience, long-suffering, commitment, commitment, perseverance. Sweet, you love the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and everything today. Sweet, that's great. Please tell me that's true five years down the road. Please tell me that's true 10 years down the road. 40 years down the road. Can I get 50? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, 50. Um, it turned into an auction pretty soon. What are we bidding on? Long suffering. I don't know. Perseverance. It's not how you start. And the start of the journey is a beautiful thing. The start of the journey is an exciting thing, right? It's an exciting. It's, it's always an exciting thing. We, we used to take road trips as a family when I was growing up. Like we could never afford to go anywhere, but there's rare occasions, I think maybe two that I can think of in all of my childhood where we went to Six Flags, Six Flags over Texas, right? To a young kid. I mean, that's just like, that's it. This, that's the promised land. Like that's, that's it. It doesn't get any better than that. And that this, I'll, you know, this is the era in which I grew up. Our road trip travel method was, uh, well, was amazing to be quite honest with you, because we had a pickup truck. And in the back of the pickup truck, in the bed, there's a mattress. And all us kids were in the mattress from Amarillo, Texas to Dallas, Texas. Six hours having the time of our lives. How we survived is the grace of God. That's all I know. That's all I know. Do I, rec- I don't recommend that at all. Now that I'm a parent, I'm like, I would never do that. But it was amazing. It was the best ever. And we always started out at nighttime. We'd drive through the night, you know, and but the, at the beginning of the journey was always the most exciting. It was new, and it was like, you know, we could see the destination. And then you get like two hours into the trip, driving through the flatlands of the panhandle where nothing is, you know, and you're just like, are we there yet? Are, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Four hours in, come on, we got to be there, right? And then, you, then that's when the, the murmuring, murmuring and the complaining and all the stuff starts to kick in, right? Then eventually you make it there. The excitement's always at the beginning, kind of towards the middle. I mean, you're still headed in the same direction. Is the excitement still there? And I know life. Life's going to throw us all curveballs. Life's going to present to you things that... Well, we'll be challenging for you in your walk with the Lord. I mean, but everything that happens, the Lord's going to allow to happen within your life. But he's got a plan for those whom he loves and he cares about. You've 
You've been listening to Bread for the Broken with Pastor James Grizzle. How often is the voice of God ignored? Do you tune him out because you think you know what he's going to say to you? Or maybe it just comes straight from a disobedient heart, like that of the Israelites, after being rescued from Pharaoh's rule. Getting out of Egypt wasn't enough for them, because, get this, they complained. They were disgruntled because God's way of doing things wasn't their way of doing things. Not only that, but they did what they wanted. Listen to how God responds to the Israelites' behavior in Numbers 4.22 and 23. Because all these men have seen my glory and the signs which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and have put me to the test now these ten times and have not heeded my voice, they certainly shall not see the land of which I swore to their fathers, nor shall any of those who rejected me see it. That's pretty heavy, but it comes from a loving father who's teaching his children to obey him without question. What is your next step of obedience? If you enjoyed today's message from Numbers and want to hear more, then go to breadforthebroken.com where you'll hear more of God's truth and what it means for your life. That website, once again, is breadforthebroken.com. Bread for the Broken is a ministry out of Calvary Galveston in Galveston, Texas. Would you consider donating some of your resources to support this ministry? All you have to do is visit us at breadforthebroken.com to learn how. Well, that's all the time that we have for today. Make sure you join us again next time here on Bread for the Broken. Let me paint the picture of you.